Greetings, here we are again. Happy Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. Of course, we try to, I try to make sure and post every Friday. So far, so good. Can you believe it? We're in the middle of February, and uh, we haven't missed a week since I think the, the second week of January. So, hey, we're on a roll, and I, I, we're fulfilling our mission, and I consider that a good thing, and hope you guys do too. Uh, welcome to This Is Life. This is, of course, your host, Sean Johnson, and I hope that wherever you are, you are staying warm. Uh, here where I live in Kansas, it is miserably cold. Uh, we're talking Arctic weather. And if some, of, some of you guys are probably like, okay, big deal. I'm from Canada or from northern United States where, you know, we get – it's, it's winter. That's what it is. It's just freezing cold. Uh, yes, it is cold here in Kansas typically, but usually our winters are average 20 to 30 degrees. But, man, anytime it gets to these sub-zero temperatures, I'm just – I just, I just count the days until <laughs> until it's springtime again. Uh, it just makes me just, uh, I just can't handle it. I, 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 but that, that could be just maybe because I don't like to wear coats or, you know, shoes, real shoes, right? Uh, but, of course, in these kind of temperatures, uh, I have no choice. Coats, hats, gloves, you know, real shoes, thick socks, whatever I got to do, uh, you know, to make sure and stay warm, uh, you got to do it and take care of yourself and, of course, make sure that you. I lead a good example for my child right uh so you know it's you, you gotta do what you gotta do but uh, anyway so i hope and pray wherever you are uh you're staying warm that you are blessed and uh that uh, you're just hanging in there and uh that god is uh you just you're able to see god in every single aspect of your life and his blessings even in the even when it's really hard sometimes even in the smallest ways hopefully you're able to still see his love and his guidance for you all right guys well it is of course a very special weekend for a lot of people and for those of you who who celebrate valentine's day uh you know i mean yes you, there's that long conversation that you can have uh all sorts of all sorts of topics concerning should christians be celebrating holidays like saint valentine's day and even christmas and easter and all these other things because obviously the turn of the century uh you know when uh well when the turn of the century is the turn of the millennium really uh when a lot of uh Pagan rituals were merged with Christian beliefs, and therefore you end up with what we now call our modern-day customs and holidays. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I guess kind of like when I was a child, I you, you just take out what you don't like, and you know, and you end up eating and, and taking what you do want and what is right for you. Well, maybe not necessarily right for you in regards to what I ate as a child. I definitely would mother much rather eat the mashed potatoes than the broccoli. But you get my point: is that you can. You know, to take what you can from uh, these certain holidays and, and reflections and, uh, you know, see God in them as well. I believe that God is revealed to himself in all things. And so, therefore, why can't he reveal himself even in modern Western uh, holidays? And so St. Patrick's Day, nah, St. Patrick's Day, that's next month. Hello. St. Valentine's Day is, of course, a day that is just set apart now for, you know, just for the celebration of love, right? And, and of course, this is usually the type of romantic love between a husband and wife or what have you or boyfriend and girlfriends or what have you uh, you know but I, I like to kind of make that even a bigger celebration of just love in general um, you know I, and obviously 
you know, Valentine's Day should not be the only day that you focus on love. Uh, it can be a day that you just have where, you know, you just got to go just a little bit of the extra mile just to make it a special day for somebody that you care about. You know, when I was growing up, you know, even my mom would even, you know, give us like Valentine's Day gifts and cards and things of that nature, you know, just, just to make it kind of special. It was also their, their anniversary, you know, so I've always kind of been a celebratory person around this time of year anyway. And so, uh, even when I first many years of marriage before uh, my, we had a daughter, uh, I would have the 14 days of Valentine's where I would go to the grocery store and pick out like treats and goodies and every single day would hide these treats and goodies around the house or the car for my wife to find. She eventually got to be like, tell me like, Sean, I love you. And I love that you do these things, but I, I, I just gotten to the point and I just don't want, I don't need all this candy, you know, it just sits in the refrigerator for a while. So I've had to find other ways to celebrate you know, Valentine's day and just to show my appreciation and love for my wife. Uh, and again, I don't just do it on Valentine's day. You try to do it all year round, but you know, I'd like to be a little bit of festive and hope that you have your own ways that you may be festive and, you know, just to celebrate fun things like that. I mean, gosh, I'm glad that we don't just live in a boring world where every single day has to be exactly the same. I mean, we can, it's okay to celebrate some things. Well, anyway, uh, I generally, you know, when I was pastoring a church, I would take a very time to talk about the history of Valentine's Day, why St. Valentine's Day is important, and that kind of deal. I'm not going to do that today. That may be for another time. Um, but what I would like to do, however, is talk about love. Uh, love, and not just any kind of love, but agape love, the type of love that we're going to study in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is your go-to scriptures for how to understand God's love and how we are to love others. And in order to understand clearly what 1 Corinthians 13 teaches, you need to understand what kind of word that, that when it says love, or in the King James it says charity, what that means. We're not talking about an erotic type of love like between a man and a wife or a, a brotherly or sisterly love like family. We're, when you, the word is agape. That's the original Greek word used in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 13. Every single time you see the word love there, you might as well put the word agape. And what agape, there's only, there's only one definition you need to understand about agape in order to really get the full picture of 1 Corinthians 13 and really any kind of time that you're talking about love in general and, and love as Jesus taught it and as God has given to his people and how we are to give of to others. And agape means unconditional love. Exactly. Right. No strings attached. Unconditional. There's not any, there's, there's no reason other than just because that there is given love. It is unconditional. There's no strings. There's no um, requirements. There's no exchange. It is unconditional love. That's the kind of love that God gives us that he gave us on Jesus. So Jesus gave us the example of, and therefore we are to have and give to this world. 
But I don't know about you, but it's pretty easy to watch the news in the evenings, like, you know, here on the radio or read the newspapers, if anybody reads newspapers anymore, or articles online. Uh, but I think that we have learned, we have, we have lost the art of agape love in society. Uh, there's a lot of uh, give and take and a lot of you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And a lot of uh, picking and choosing, choosing whom we love and whom we give unconditional love to versus whom we don't for whatever reason reason and uh christians are we are the ones who are supposed to be leading the charge in agape or unconditional love and that's why i do this podcast i do this podcast to hopefully lead the charge to lead the way to hopefully be a sounding board of you know a a of just letting people know that we have a responsibility that like that we are to be we have been given unconditional love from God so therefore we are in the absolute best place to give unconditional love to this world and that is not only a right a responsibility but it's also a blessing i mean how wonderful of a blessing is it to give anybody who's ever truly given something to somebody else uh, without any expectation of return knows what i'm talking about you know what that feeling is you know what that is like what it's like to to give to somebody in need or to love somebody unconditionally without any kind of expectation of return and you just know the blessing that you receive when you do that and the cool part about that is that you're not giving even to receive. You're not giving to receive any kind of blessing or feeling or anything like that. It's truly just out of the goodness of your heart, without expectation, without any sort of reward, without any sort of adulation or acknowledgement or congratulations. It's just a matter of loving for the principle and the sake of loving. And wow, what a world this would be if we all... Even a percent, even twenty percent of society did that, uh, which is why it's so mind-boggling that the very ones who have agape love in their heart, supposedly who have Jesus in their heart, who should be loving the most unconditionally, i.e., you and me, Christians, right? Uh, and we don't do that. It's like, um, well. We're kind of missing the boat here. So, and, and, and that's the thing is like we all have a different versions of what love means when in reality it truly just means that unconditional love. And so, if, if for those who are confused, so those who don't understand and those who don't know or need examples of love, the Bible gives us 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So, let's open up the Bible. Uh, let's go there. Again, I'm putting these in the notes now. So if you don't have your Bible with you or you still want to follow along, just open up the description and you'll have you'll see right there. I have copied and pasted uh, the scriptures that we're using uh, in the podcast in there as well. So no excuses, right, to follow along and, you know, copy and paste and highlight later, read more, blah, blah, blah. They're there. So 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I'm going to. Again, I don't know how long this is going to go today, but I want to get through the entire chapter. So uh, just hang on, stay tight. But I pray and hope that that you'll gain as much. I mean, I've read this. I got to tell you, I've read this chapter. I mean, hundreds of times it seems, lots and lots and lots and lots. But you know what? It's like every single time I read it, it just I, I gain new things. I gain new understandings. It's like it just reveals itself to me more than it ever has before, prior to that. So you know. So let's just go right into it. It says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, 
I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. So real quick, right off the bat, it hits us right between the eyes. We could have the most wonderful of words. We could speak in countless languages. We could even speak in heavenly languages, all right? We, we could speak, I mean, just the most beautiful, wonderful, just have just words that just flow out of us effortlessly of grace and of beauty. But if all of those things are said, but you don't have agape love in your heart, what happens? You might as well be a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. I don't know about you, but I was forced to, okay, what should I say, forced? But I mean, I, you know, when you're in fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, they really encourage you to learn how to play some sort of instrument. And I don't know how many remember, remember the recorders, the little, uh, you know, the, the, the little, little tiny flutes. Here, let me, let me give you an example. This is what this is what Christians. This is what we sound like when we try to talk to people, or even worse, evangelize to people without having love in our heart. I gotta like, I'm, <laughs> let me let me fast forward to the good part here. Okay, 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 enough of that. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm saying? That You, you get what I mean, right? <laughs> that's that's what we sound like when we try to talk to people and have evangelized with people uh, and we don't have love in our heart. Uh, the Bible specifically says that we are sound as a resounding gong, clanging cymbal, or add a terrible sounding recorder to my heart will go on by Celine Dion, right? So, first and foremost, right out of the gate, you can have the most beautiful words, have the most beautiful sayings. You may be able to uh, be able to have the best communication, but if you don't have love in your heart, that's what you sound like. Just keep that in your heart and remember it from now on. When you're trying to relate with people and you're fighting that loving feeling with them, that agape, unconditional love with them, remember, you might as well throw on that song and you're going to get about the same <laughs> about the same, you know, uh, response. It's just not going to be fruitful of anything. Just uh, at the at the very best, worth a laugh. And at the very worst, a cringy dis dis disappointment. Verse two: If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can even move mountains, okay, you can have all of those things. But if you have not love, the Bible says we are 
nothing. That's what gets me, man. Like you, you hear about people who like love, they want to go to church, or they go to seminars, they go to all these teachings and trainings and equippings and try to. They was I want to be in the ministry. I want to be a missionary. I want to be an evangelist. I want to be a prophet. I want to be a pastor. I want to be an apostle. I want to be a bishop. I want to be. I want to work for God. When if they don't, what they what we have to be teaching first and foremost. And you can't even really teach it. You just have to let people just know, just let them be aware that you can have all the most incredible gifts from God, the blessings from God, be able to teach, minister, exhort, encourage, rebuke, and love, all these different things. But if you don't have love, none of those things matter. None, none of those things, none of those things are worth anything. You have to have love. Verse 3, if I were to give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, and if I give my body to somebody else, if I you know, were to self-sacrifice in any kind of way, shape, or form, you don't have love, you gain nothing. Do you get in the picture yet? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. You know what you know the difference between jealousy and envy is? Envy is when you are literally, there's an action to your jealousy where you're putting other people down because they have something that you want or desire and you make them feel miserable because they have something that you want. That is the true word. That's the true definition of envy. And it's, how, it's disgusting. Okay. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Okay. It's unconditional, guys. That is true love. There, there's no strings attached. There's no, what is it and what's in it for me? How can I look good? How can I put myself on this pedestal? How can I receive any kind of acknowledgement for this love, for this gift? There's none of that is expected with true love, with true agape love. And that that is something I. And it's not our natural. It is not a natural f inclination in us in our hearts. Love is okay. Th there's examples of love every single day, and there's even you know especially for people whom are in our family, and whom we love as our friends or you know I think there's even a a a a a, 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 a love just for your fellow man. But I'm not talking about love just as a, an emotion i'm talking about love as in an action a way of life a, a a motivation where every single day you are doing your best to challenge yourself to love harder and better and more than you did yesterday and, and you're you are you are you are your entire existence is to study the life and the work and the body and the ministry of Jesus, who was the ultimate example of love, and then therefore emulate that and copy it and give it to as many people as you come in contact with, regardless of if they're a stranger or friend or family. You are just a literal walking example of agape love. That's the objective. That's the goal. This has nothing to do with you or I lifting ourselves up. It's all about giving glory to God and letting his love be that which we were received as a free gift given to everybody. Verse 5, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. Seek at my texting coming out. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Boy, that is four sermons in and of themselves. Let me read that again to you. Love is not rude. Okay. 
And I get it. There are some people that just rub you the wrong way, and, and you kind of want to have a little bit of a, a a barb about you when you're talking to them, just to let them know how they how, how they make you feel. Or you know, there are just some people who are just rude in general. Like they just have a they walk around with a chip on their you know on their shoulder. You know, I mean, I, you go to restaurants even. That's a real that's a real quick way to just people watch and observe just some rude people. You know, who are rude to to, to, to servers. I mean, I I when I had the Facebook here, you know, I joined a group about uh, nurses. It was even before the pandemic. And it was just a, the, the reason I, I joined it, it was, a, it was a Facebook group that was mostly for people in the medical field, and specifically nurses, and they were just talking on a regular about abuse that they would receive from patients. I mean, the very people whom they go to work for every single day to try and make better, these patients were just un just unruly to them and rude and mean and abusive. And there's nothing they can do about it because the, the, the uppers would just say, that's just a part of your job. You got to accept it. You got to, you know, endure it. You know, they don't, you know, they pay they, these, you're here for the patients. And a lot of, there's a lot of abuse that goes on in hospitals every single day, especially to nurses that no one talks about, even though it is a huge problem. It's just because society, we just don't know what it's like to be kind anymore in a lot of ways and especially people who are vulnerable you know who are in hospitals obviously i mean i I can't imagine that job i can't imagine going to work every single day and the people that i'm going to be there to help i am literally seeing them on their worst day nobody is happy to be in the hospital right and you're there to try and get better because something is wrong unless you're going there to get to live our baby. But even then, that can be scary. So, I mean, you, you, most people in the hospital have some sort of anxiety to why they're there. That's just natural. And, you know, you have to fight that feeling of fear. And a lot of times people don't and they take it out on those whom are available. And a lot of the times it's the people who are there to help them. Especially, man, but as Christians, that's what I'm saying. This has to be not something that we just say, yeah, love is, love is cool. That's, I, I love Jesus. You know, we're supposed to love each other. You know, get, greet each other with a warm hug. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm saying that love has to be an, a every single day objective where I am in every encounter that I have today with another person. I want them to leave my presence knowing even recognizing, even if it's even if it's passing, that I have appreciation for them as a human being at the very minimum, and even more so that the love of God that has been given to me, I want to give to them, and that there's no condition to my love for them, even if they're strangers. And that's something that we have to actually choose to practice and to choose to put into work and to choose to make a... A difference. That's the only way that we're going to make a difference in this world is if we're actively choosing to, to, to behave and and to give love that is patient, that is kind, that does not envy, doesn't boast. It's not about me. Not proudful. Okay. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. I'm not doing this and and to to receive some sort of, you know, reward. You know, love is not easily angered. Okay. I. All right, well, let's move on. I just, it keeps no records of wrongs. I mean, how much more clear can it be? Verse six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Okay, if there is some sort of lies or evil or deception or 
you know, uh, conflict or disagreement. I mean, love does not delight in those things. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get all political, but I mean, think about it, guys. We, we've seen a lot. Of, I mean, I know people who will say like Republicans and I'd say Democrats, too, but I, most Christians are Republicans. OK, that's just the truth of the matter. So that's whom I mostly in the circle around family, friends and otherwise. And I've heard Christian people who say they're Christians who are Republicans who vote, who register Republicans in America. And they've literally called Democrats, democrats, right? Or they're evil people. They're, you know, uh, you know, I mean, they're just like almost like a hatred. And it just drives me. I just, I don't get it. Like that makes no sense to me because they differ you with you politically and they may take stances that are different from you or even stances that are different from the scripture that makes them evil. I mean, for crying out loud, there's plenty of, of stances that I could show Republicans that are contrary to scripture. If we want to talk about that, but that doesn't mean that we delight in hating others or putting others down because they disagree with us or because even they even if they are evil because it doesn't mean that we delight in that and that we you know have some sort of like where we're putting ourselves in a higher favor just because we're believers or because we have a christian you know the label man that's not that's not love that's not agape that's not unconditional that's not christ-like you know, Jesus says that, to the, that the very least of the, you know, to those, to, to what you've done to the very least, that will, is what the Lord re- rewards. You know, he, the last shall be first and the first shall be last in heaven. And so, I mean, it's very important that we, every, in every thought that we have, especially towards people, that we, you know, x-ray it and that we, you know, parallel it with the agape love. And if, even if it's somebody, somebody we don't know, somebody that we just see on TV or that we hear about. I mean, how are your thoughts and feelings towards that person? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Truth is always, always number one when it comes to love. You know, so so if you aren't sure, don't. And don't say it. Don't do it. If you, if you are not 100% true in your experience in, in what you're going to be planning out to do, you know, don't. I guess my point is that you, that we have to make sure that what we say we're going to do, what we say and what we do is full of truth. It is not full of lies or deception or guesses. You know, when you put something out into this world, some people say out into the universe, right? We're not in the, and you just put whatever, whatever we say, whatever we do, if it's true, it has a reward. It will come back to us and with honor. But if it's a lie, it will always come back to us with consequences. And love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth because it brings forth good fruit. Verse 7, love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. Now, you may be saying to me, I'm, I'm not even, I'm halfway done with, this, with the chapter, and I understand this is a tall order. This is a, this, this is a, uh, but 
Yes, it's supposed to be, though. <laughs> you know? I mean, and people say, oh, being Christian is easy, blah, blah, blah. No, man. Like, th this is where we are different than the world. It's not about the righteousness versus unrighteousness. It's not about sin versus no sin. We all have sin, and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin or no lack of sin does not does not that's not what differentiates us from the world it is our love and our heart from god the agape love that only comes from god that's what differentiates us from the world and i wish that more pastors would teach and preach on that you know because otherwise this becomes a work-based faith and it's not nothing to do with works it has everything to do with accepting acknowledging and practicing and living out the agape love from god where these the things that i'm telling you the, the first corinthians 13 that becomes your way of life that you love truth that you don't delight in evil that you're always you know for 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 you're patient and you're kind you don't envy you don't boast you're not proud you don't keep no record of wrongs you're not easily angered you're not self-seeking you're not rude you always protect you always trust you always hope you always persevere that is what a Christian is called to do. And that's what separates us from the world, not the fact that we sin or don't sin. Because let me tell you something. If you live according to this and the, the, the examples that God has given us in 1 Corinthians 13 of love, guess what? You will naturally not sin because your motivation is not for the flesh, but it is for God and for others. And therefore, you will therefore not be tempted to hurt anybody else or hurt God with, with, with wrong decisions and with, with bad choices choices so therefore sin does not abound it becomes a natural thing rather than something that you have to always struggle with because i hear that all the time i'm struggling with sin well you know what if you were just put more emphasis on learning the love of god you won't struggle with sin so much okay Woo. verse eight love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease whether there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. You can hear a lot of people who want to be a prophet. Okay, especially nowadays, for some reason, this the it, it, it is the trendy thing to want to be is to be a prophet. Okay, honestly. I give her. I understand prophecy has its purpose, and I get that, and I understand why it's necessary and needed. But there's we have become so ultra saturated with prophets that nobody knows what the truth is anymore. And the only way that I know of, according to the scripture, that we can know if prophecies are given in truth is if they're given in love. And that's truly, according to scriptures, and even understanding that prophecies may fail. Okay, but love never, ever fails. So therefore, I would much rather be on the team that never fails rather than the team that can fail. That's where at least I would put my motivation, and I don't know about you. Verse 10, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Okay, when God's completion comes everything else passes away. And the only way that we're going to be perfect and complete is when we understand and live and, and, and just become the embodiment spiritually, physically, emotionally love as God gives us the example. 
Verse 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish ways behind me. Childish ways means that I'm always looking for ways to put myself up. I mean, think about it. When we're all children, we're just naturally selfish, okay? Children are just naturally narcissistic, and that's not a knock. That's the truth, you know? And, and it's, it's just because they don't know any better. I mean, my, I have a, a seven-year-old daughter, right? And, I mean, we were training her. You have to literally train your children to have love and acceptance and to put others before themselves. And, you know, yes, to, to protect and to stand up for themselves, but at the same time, there's a motivation and a desire to be kind and to be loved and to, to experience and to give the fruits of the spirit. And that's not something that just becomes natural in mankind, you know, and, and, you know, you can have all the gifts of the world and all the gifts of the spirit and all the blessings. But if you don't again, have love, you know, if you don't become a man or a grown man or a grown woman and you don't, you know, grow in the fullness of why you're doing all of those things. The purpose, that's the whole purpose. of you understand? That's the whole purpose of, of prophecies. That's the whole purpose of faith. That's the whole purpose of mysteries and knowledge, you know, is the whole purpose of it is love, is God's beautiful plan for his creation to have a unity not only with him, but among ourselves, and the only way that's going to happen is when love replaces all hate, when you know the, the, the when when enjoy replaces despair, when when faith you know re replaces doubt. All of these things, the only way they can happen is if there's a movement, especially in the body of Christ, to put away all the fleshly desires, all the desires of trying to one-up the other and just say, you know what, I'm going to just go and unconditionally love without any expectation of return, and I'll let God do what he wants to do in me. That is a man, that is a woman, that is somebody who is strong in the faith, who says, I have put away my childish ways are behind me, and now I'm standing forth as an adult in the spirit, because I'm not no longer going to be putting myself ahead of what God wants. Verse 12, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. I think the New King James says, we see, uh, you know, in, 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 in the cloud darkly, but then we shall see face to face. See, the Bible says that prophecies will fail. We see in a clear, we, we, you know, the, uh, you know, we, we see in the mirror darkly. We don't see, you know, that's what it says. For now we see through a glass darkly. That's what the King James says. You know, the NIV going back to it says, now we see but a poor reflection and as in a mirror. We're not getting the full picture. Okay, when you when you are trying to live a life of Christ and live a Christian walk, but yet you don't have the the motivation and the practice and the effort of putting love first and foremost, you're never going to see the clear picture. It's always going to be out of focus. But then it says, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, verse 13, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is agape. Friends, 
That is the motivation. If you don't want to sound like that awful recorder, you know, I, I played at the beginning of the, of, the, of the podcast. If you don't want to sound like that when you're relating with others, the first and foremost you have to do is to be patient, to be thoughtful, to be mindful, to be reflective on how and what, what is your motivation in this very act of even, and it can even be the smallest of transactions. It could be somebody picking up something for you that they bought off the internet. You know, are you being rude to these people? Are you, in any way, you know, uh, showing a sign, uh, an attitude that they could take wrongly. That's why I don't like to have text communication as much as possible, unless we're just going to be, hey, what time you want to meet for dinner? Six o'clock. Cool. That's fine. But I don't like to have text communication because the text can be reflected to the other person. You know, you can't show emotion. You can't show true conversation with just black and white letters. And, you know, that's why I prefer, I, some people hate that, but I mean, that's just the truth. You know, that there has to be some sort of humanity among us. And I think a lot of ways we've lost that art of humanity with just the convenience of communication. It's like we have so many different ways to communicate and to talk now that we've just left the art of of, of relationship just go to the wayside. And, and let me tell you something, I, I am concerned. You know, one of the things that I, this pandemic's been, you know, a lot of crazy for a lot of different reasons and ways, but I honestly can tell you the last time that I shook somebody's hand, it was March of last year. That was the last time I shook somebody's hand. And before that, I can't even tell you the last person I hugged that wasn't my wife, you know, or my daughter. Um, and that, that does concern me. I, I, I pray and I hope that we can eventually get back to the very least handshakes and hugs and affection among society, you know, um, because that we need that. We need that companionship with one another. And so I hope and pray that that comes back sooner than later because I need that honestly more than I need concerts and movie theaters. I need just, you know, just a, a knowledge that humanity has connection again, you know, because we strive for that. I mean, every single person who's ever lived on this earth have one thing in common, no matter what culture you come from, no matter what skin color you have, no matter, you know, what how you were raised whether you had you know no matter no, no, no matter what your particular makeup is did you know dna is we all have the same common theme and that is what we desire to have love and to be love in return to give love and to have love in return that is everyone's desire because that is the, that is truly God's nature that was breath that was breathed into us when he created us and when we lose sight of that very basic need of giving love and receiving love we become contrary to who we are as humanity and therefore things start to crumble from underneath us. We wonder why there's so much pain and suffering in the world. And we like to go around blaming God as if he had something to do with it. When in reality, the most of the pain and suffering in this world is because of our own actions. I mean, yes, there's some natural, uh, you know, so, 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 some things that we can't avoid, you know, that happen to us, just life in general. But majority of, of humanity suffering is our own 
undoing or well doing or whatever. It's just how we did it to ourselves. And I hate to say it, but a lot of it's because we're not focusing on each other. We're not taking care of each other as we should be. And so that's why, again, I'm speaking this podcast very loudly to everyone who has an ear to hear that to, to just challenge yourself. I'm going to challenge myself to just live agape as much as possible to everybody I come in contact with. That's what's going to save this society is that when you have an unconditional love with every encounter you have with another human being. I don't, I don't care who they are, if it's somebody, if it's a stranger, if it's a, if it's an acquaintance, if it's a family member or a loved one or someone, even an enemy, even you have unconditional, you practice and you desire and you put forth that unconditional love. I promise you it, according to first Corinthians 13, it promises us that love never fails. So with that in your heart, go forth today, go forth this weekend, stay warm, okay, uh, be safe, and go out and love somebody today and make a difference in the world. God bless you guys. I love you. Aloha and mahalo.